All right, guys, welcome to week three of the Pong cast. Alex Sherman here with you. Um, and real quick, before we get into the interview, I want to tell everybody about Shopee, shopee.com. As an organizer, one of the main things you need is trophies. And one of the best places to get trophies from, which we used at Splash of the Shore, SJ Pong's event in um, March, shopee.com, S c h o p p y dot com for all your trophy needs go to shopee.com or call them at 609-653-1684 shoppies since 1921 where gifts last a lifetime all right it is time for week three and week three's interview um we have on the line with us one of the most decorated players of the last 15 years i should say uh, Kevin Kessler. Kevin, how you doing today? Not bad. How's it going, Alex? Pretty good, man. And uh, what I said in the opening, when you, you are one of the, the best players of the last 15 years, I want to kind of go back in, into your history. How did, you, how did you actually start being involved in the sport? Was it like a college connection, kind of like what Brandon Marks and Billy Gaines had said previously? Is that how you also um, got involved in the sport? Yeah, so um, to circle back, uh, I, I definitely don't think it's a sport. I think it's a game, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't mean to cut you off there, but I think that's the, the difference of some people. Uh, mm-hmm. People get too caught up in um, the, the ins and outs of it, and you got to take it back to the roots that it's just a drinking game. You're supposed to have fun with it. I know there's money involved and a lot of money involved at sometimes, but um, comparing it to a sport, I just, I'd disagree with that, but either way, uh, yeah, I started back in college, went to LaSalle university. Um, my school was huge in to beer pong and, um, guys that I hung out with pretty much played three, four or five days a night, uh, got hooked, played my freshman, sophomore, junior year. By the time I got to senior year, um, kind of put it on a hold for a little mm. bit and, uh, graduated and played sporadically here and there. But uh, I'd say three or four years after I graduated, uh, I saw a tournament pop up that said win $50,000 playing beer pong. Uh, It was actually down at McFadden's third street and I kind of didn't believe it and kind of thought there was like some disclaimer. Um, It said come out for a world series entry, um, free trip to Vegas and a shot at 50 grand. So I showed up with one of my college buddies and wound up, um, I think around 30 to 40 teams were there and wound up making it all the way to the winner's bracket final and played this tall kid from Long Island. Um, we were going back and forth and it, they wound up winning. And at the end of the tournament, he came over to me and kind of introduced himself and, and showed me a picture of him holding up a $50,000 check. And it turned out it was pop. Wow. Um, and uh, I, I, I didn't believe it. I was, I was like bullshit on this. And <laughs> he had a bunch of stuff kind of, looked it up on my on my own and then from there i was like man i gotta get into this um so that's kind of my background and how it all started when you were in college were you like one of the best players like was it was it something that you were like wow i can be really good at this yeah so freshman year um i would say i was top 10 at our college and then my sophomore year they they would do these tournaments and they would have 100 teams Mm -hmm. um from the four or five different fraternities the football team uh football house and um, they would each represent, you know, whatever house or frat they're going for. And my, my sophomore year, I won the tournament. My junior year, I won the tournament. And then I won it again senior year. And 
from there, I kind of, I, I, I was definitely the best on campus. But what, what I, did you think yeah. of the adjustment as far from college rules go to how how Pop introduced you to the sport? I mean, he didn't introduce you, but he was there. And that first encounter of being in a professional setting, how was that different from your college setting? Yeah, so my college was a little different than than most. Um, and the one thing that made the transition easy was we played on ping pong tables and we were able to lean. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times in college, you'll see people playing on like smaller seven foot tables or six foot tables and you use the elbow rule. So I got accustomed to having my hip up against the table and leaning mm-hmm. over the cups and that was just the norm. So um, once we showed up at this tournament, I went from, I think a ping pong table might be nine feet or maybe longer even. I, I don't know the exact dimensions, but I just remember stepping up to the World Series table and being like, wow, this is this is close. This is easier. And it was like... Because they're um, eight foot, right? So you yeah. were shooting on basically a longer table. So it helped you uh, exactly. as far as the that perception and, and everything else that goes into a shot. You, it, you felt like you had an advantage. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I was shooting at a high percentage on on the ping pong table, and then when I dropped down, it just it, it just got better. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm not worrying about the elbows because mm-hmm. um, that that kind of messes with people's heads a lot. If, if you're, you're a so-called professional and you go to play elbows, some people can play both games and cross over, but some people are, are terrible at it. And um, it, it was an easy transition. Do you remember the first tournament you ever won? Uh it was tell you the truth. It was probably one of your SJ Pong ones. I mean, that really, kinda, I feel that probably, yeah, yeah. That probably put me on the map. I mean, uh, I remember going to top dog and that was kind of the, I started searching locally for these tournaments. You were one of them. And then, mm-hmm. uh, the old Philly beer pong, um, they started having some stuff floating around and, um, they would throw one case at various bars. And I know I won a couple of them and, um, once you, you kind of see yourself coming in, into the, the final four, final two, winning them, that's when my name kind of got out there and uh, met up with some of the guys like Deep and Vince and Frazier and the New Jersey guys that I'm still friends with to this day. Yeah. Now your shot is one of the, it was now you obviously you might have had to adjust a little based on the rule change. But how did you how did you get comfortable in your shot and how it is today? How is it different from when you first started? Uh, to be honest, I don't think it's changed much at all. And that's kind of what I think, uh, a lot of players go through. They, they, they tweak their shots. They release the ball differently. They lift their, their leg differently. I've been pretty consistent with, with my form for, we'll call it, you know, 15 odd years that it's just the same exact shot, same exact motion. Don't really put much thought to it. Um, I, I kind of think that the, the more, mental games that you play with yourself before you shoot that 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 kind of hurts you in the end if you just step up there and go um it's just smooth and and brandon pretty easy brandon was on last week and he described when he's in the zone basically you know his shot is like you know throwing a a pebble into an ocean and it's going to go in uh do you see do you see your shot basically the same way is it like when you're in that zone you can you can pretty much essentially see the cups as wide as possible. Yeah, I mean it's just you you pretty much feel like you're definitely going to shoot a perfect, and then if for some reason you miss it, you're like, oh, that was a fluke, and you're you're back to like this one's definitely going in. And then you correct it, and and there's times even where 
I'm thinking I'm, you know, my last three games, I'm thinking I missed like one shot, just my mentality, but really I probably missed four or five, but, but I'm kind of tricking myself into believing my stats are better. And I think that's, that's across the board with, with, with Pongers in general, they're always thinking they're shooting at higher percentages, but if you kind of like bait yourself and trick yourself into that, then you, you build your confidence and you just, there's a point where, I mean, throughout my career, there's, I would say, just about every tournament that I showed up with, I, I really believe that I'm going to win. Like I'm not going there for any other reason, but to win. And I would say probably 75% of the times I am winning. So it's crazy because you don't, you don't make the comparison to a sport in your mind, but yet that's the same mentality you would go in when you would compete in a sport. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like with a sport, there's so much background training. There's so much, um, stuff that you have to do to your body, you have to do to, um, again, on the, 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 the true competition nature with like true hard rules and, and referees and, you know, not no alcohol involved. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. I, I competed in whether it was wrestling or hoops or basketball throughout. And, and that's the true nature of, of sport when you, you put in, you know, 50, 60 hours a week of, of or, or not, not a week, but whatever, you know, right, right. three, four hours a- after um, after school or after work or whatever of training. And then in wrestling, it was cutting weight. You just got I mean, it, it's around the clock with beer pong. I don't train. I don't do any of that. It's it's you know what? You, you drink beers and you shoot the ball. So that's that's why I don't believe it's a sport. What about on a mental level, though? Would you make the comparison closer to a sport on the mental level with the rules as they are, with distractions? Isn't it kind of the same when you're when you're competing in a sport for for, say, basketball with the distractions or football, things like that, where the crowd element comes in? Yeah, I mean, in, I in this case, think, your opponent would come in. Yeah, I, I definitely think the the elite players all have some type of sport backgrounds at, at, to fall back on. And they're able to zone out the, the other stuff around them and and not worry about that. And, and it's it's the, the guys that always win. It's the same faces, it's the same guys, and, and they're the ones that are you know don't don't get shook easily. They're they're they've been through the ringer. They, they've earned their stripes, and they're doing it over and over again. So essentially, Brandon also said last week that he has kind of a, like a strict almost. He had a practice regimen that he that he went that he stuck with. Um, that kind of got him to where he, the level that he is today. But you, you kind of are alluding to the fact that you don't have that same type of mentality or mind mindset. It's more of a natural thing to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not exaggerating that over the last six months, I've probably played three times. Um, leading up to the series, I'll probably shoot a, a couple nights by myself in my basement for you know 20 minutes at a time, but. I, I just is there don't. any structure that goes into that practice? Is there anything that you do particularly, or no, is it I mean, just for, you're honestly a... beer beer pong? And this is like everyone wonders why it's never gotten to the next level. I, I think it's kind of boring. Like you're just okay. sitting there shooting shooting balls. Like it just gets boring. I, I don't know. Like that's that's just my. I I wouldn't be able to wrap my mind around sitting down there shooting, you know, two hundred balls at at a, the last cup or something. I would just say, all right, I'm out of here. So basically, you're just you're just almost like warming yourself up. Essentially, it's just like a couple shots, and you know you still have that 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 perception that 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 shot motion is still on point. Now, 
say you went down to your basement and you started missing shots, would then you maybe consider, you know, practicing more or is that just something that you chalk up to just maybe you're just having a bad day? I, I would probably chalk that in, that night up to having a bad day. And then if it turned into a repetition where it was multiple nights, I would probably, you know, start turning it down and, and retire from the game. I mean, it's the huh. only reason I'm still going is because I, I still really do believe that uh, I'm one of the best in the world. I believe that whatever team I'm on is going to be either the favorite or one of the favorites. And once, you know, I've seen some really good players that went from one year being really great and then next year sucking. So it's it's de- it's destined to happen. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> father time's undefeated. I just don't right. know when that's going to happen. And um, I-, I do think that if beer pong was the the peak that it was five, six years ago. Um, right now I wouldn't be competing at such a high level. I just don't think the talent across the country is as good as it was at one point. Um, I mean, just a, a perfect example. I'm sure you were planning on jumping into this, but I'm looking at this year's world series and I see maybe five great teams. And then right. there's a huge gap of, you know, average teams. And then, you know, just uh, nobody state. We're not even going to know, you know, who this guy is. Yeah, and I'll get your predictions a little bit later. I just want to put a put a bow on like your preparation. And for me, like I've had the opportunity to see see you play uh, consistently over the last ten years. And yes, you are one of the best players. Um, but I my my curiosity is, and I know a lot of other people uh, in the community and outside who maybe are listening to this for to, for the first time. How do you actually get into that zone? Because when I see you play it seems like you're two different people. Like I, I shake your hand before a tournament and you're calm, cool, collective. And then you get on that, you get on that table and it's just like a, a switch went off in your head. Like, how does that, how does that happen? Like, k- take me through the process of, of how you, you get in that zone for a game and especially big matches. Ah, uh, it really is just a switch, man. I don't really have any like process. It, it starts with, you know, waking up early, getting some beers in you. And then, um, my kind of role on top of being a solid player is, is definitely trying to get that mental edge with, with talking shit and, right. you know, doing distractions, doing whatever I do behind the cups. And that, that's it, my, that's what I kind of got a name for. And it, it mm-hmm. seemed to work. It seemed to, I, I, I've broken some really good players. I've, you know, got people that normally don't miss to miss in games. So, right. Um, it's more or less just a switch, man. I'm just like, all right, this is this is what works. This is, you know, what I know can get this person shook and give me the competitive advantage, and, and I go for it. Have you ever been on a table where your opponents have have actually shooken you? Uh, I don't, I don't really know, like shooking me. What what's happened before, like, is you go where you miss like two, three times in a row, and you're like, dude, how, how am I missing? And you miss a fourth, and then it's, you start, you're like, what the hell is going on here? I've had that that streak. I mean, Steph Curry has that streak. Everyone right. has that streak. So it's really unexplainable. But as far as, like, nerves eating me up, yes. I would say probably only, like, a handful of times, like, under five times where I was actually genuinely nervous. And I tell you the truth, if you're going to ask me, I don't even remember it. But I do remember, like, um, 
being being in an awkward situation. But as far as nerves, I mean, I've been on more final tables than anyone in the history, and, and there hasn't been one final table where I felt any differently than it just being a normal game. Is there any player or, or team that, that when you when you sit across or stand across from them, you're like, oh, we're in for a game? Uh, is there anybody that particular stands out in your mind over your over your time who's who's always been maybe a fly in that ointment? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's uh, I, I called them like the five all time great teams. And I think it's Blitzkrieg, Smashing Time, Drinking Straight or Drinking Smoking Straight West Coast and mm-hmm. TNT and then Nick and Ross. They're, they're the five guys that are five teams over the years that um, whenever they're in a tournament, you know, you're going to get the best from it. And then over time, mm-hmm. you know, like pop broke away from Ron. So you knew whatever right. team pop was going to be on, he was going to be legit. So no Joe and Byron been bouncing around. So, I mean, that, that would be the teams that I would say, uh, obviously Ross, um, he's just, just filthy. So yeah, they're the teams that you, you know, you're going to get a game from. Um, but I mean, in any one of them situations, as I said, I always, I still think mentally that, that we would be the best team on that table. Do you actually, when you when you actually see a, a team across, do you actually know what type of uh, of distraction you're going to employ to that team? Like, is it is it nah. is it in your head or is it something nah, that's just, just, just random? Yeah, it's just you it's don't just have stupid. any special surprise for us or you, nah, you nah, nah. I mean, some of the shit that if you watch some of my games, like I, I look back and I'm like, what the hell was I even talking <laughs> about? Like, it's more or less just trying to like put on a like in so many words, like a comedy show at times. Yeah, it just yeah. I mean, it's just. Has it ever been like to the point where you're like, this this has crossed the line, either uh, yeah, on your yeah. end or or the other side? I had a game with Kingsbury where there's definitely, I think, looking back. Both of us mutually would agree that we like both said shit that we shouldn't have said to each other. Um, Mm -hmm. But I mean, I try to, you know, keep, keep wives out of it. Keep like, you know, girlfriends, stuff like that, like kids. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, there's a, there's a limit for it and I get it. Some people cross it. Some people say I cross it, but for the most part, my stuff's like just, you know, you got a little wiener or stuff like that. Yeah, right. Stupid the, like shit that like sounds childish, but yeah. But, and then, and then when the game's over, is it all, is it all cool again? Or do you feel like some people still hold some type of resentment? Uh, they'll, they, they'll come over and they'll act like it's all cool. But I, I know there's, there's a, a shit ton of people that, that genuinely dislike me and you know what? I'm fine with it. I mean, I mean, but they respect people. you too, right? I mean, at the uh, same time, uh, I would say some of them do, but I, I, probably some of them don't. But I mean, I mean, I think they respect the fact that that I'm able to continue to win. But in a perfect world, there's there, I, I know there's a, a pocket of people that wish that the game was cleaned up more and more resembling of a, of a cornhole, where it's more like you know, gentleman's atmosphere. Right. But y- you got to get rid of the beer. You got to just go to it being water pong and you know. And what do you what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it was a question I had later on, but your the prospects as far as TV goes, um, what do you think has to change in the sport or you know in in the game for yeah. it to it it to it to cross that next threshold? Whether it be what Brandon said last week about maybe being on like a Netflix or maybe yeah. like a streaming service that's not you know essentially not ESPN, yep. but something you know maybe more. Uh, uh, of selective yeah um 
I mean, I, I think the, the number one anyone with half a brain realizes that the beer aspect is is the biggest crutch for it. So mm-hmm. you would you would have to eliminate and start calling it Pong. Right. Um, and, and just right off there, who really wants to play just Pong? Um, I don't know. I know I wouldn't want to go out on a Friday night and go to a bar and, and just play Pong with, with no water, with no beer involved. Um, so, so that's your, your biggest hurdle. The second thing is the cursing and, you know, the distractions and then it gets to, all right, beer Pong is already boring with like, with, with shit talking involved. It's like, right. okay, what do they just, just like look at each other and you know, you're, you're eight, eight feet away and just smile when, when the person shoots, like it just but some, <laughs> sounds some would like argue... it sounds terrible. Right, but some would argue if it's on like a Netflix, you can keep all that, like something like that. You know, you, if you look on Netflix, they have some crazy stuff on there. Sure, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just at the. I just don't think it's. I just think it's just always going to be a drinking game. I mean, you think it, it in might... some ways it has to be watered down. No pun intended, but it, it has yeah. to be watered down in some ways to get to that next level. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's just again my uh, my opinion on it, but. We're talking with Kevin Kessler, one of the best players in the world. I could say that confidently, especially over the last 15 years. Uh, one thing I wanted to get into uh, was this year's World Series. First of all, we know from last week's conversation with Brandon that he's not, he's not going to be able to play this year. So who are you actually uh, partner, uh, partnering up with this year, and what will be your team name? I'm partnering up with Mike Pop. Um, wow. Is yeah, that it's kind of like a, 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 a full circle coming around. He was one of the first people that I played with. Um, and the so-called birth of, we'll call it the super team, I yeah. think kind of started with me and Pop back in World Pong Tour when Smashing Time broke up and me and Pop decided to team up. We, we didn't get where we wanted to get, but mm-hmm. I think that was really one of the the, the first, you know, teams that you know you get you got two top guys top 10 players in the world foreman and then from there um i, I linked up with marks because i started looking okay well i didn't get it done with pop who's the next in the pecking order and, and yeah. i linked up with marks so um yeah i mean looking forward to playing with pop he's he's one of the best ever i actually believe if you had to go by single player accomplishments he is by far the the greatest beer pong player to ever live so Having him with his experience and and me with with my, my background, I think um, we're in a good place. And if the Vegas did have odds, I, I do believe that they would, you know, put us as the favorite to win it. What's going to be your team name? We are no introduction necessary. No introduction. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's the same team. I mean, we've we've played. I mean, I we've probably won ten or fifteen one Ks over yeah. the last ten years, and we've always played under that name. And it's just. I think it fits our uh, fits both of us. What was the conversation like? To was it that a mutual conversation where you said let's play together once once Brandon was ineligible, or was it something that you always had planned? Um, and did Pop have to actually uh, make some moves to get to you, or how how did that work out? Uh, Pop was originally going to play with Deep, and then Deep got some something either going on with family or work where he wasn't able to commit. Um, Pop heard the, 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 the news of Brandon that it might possibly happen. He kind of texted me uh, on the side, asked me what my plans were if, if Marks was going to be officially banned. And I said, right. no, I'm down. Let's do it. I mean, I, I kind of read right through it. I knew what he was getting at. And 
Um, sure enough, after the, the official word hit, um, me and Pop linked up and locked it in. Wow. So let's talk about predictions for this year. Um, you and Pop obviously look like you know a, a huge favorite. What other teams ha- that you know of that are signed and 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 uh, you know for for this year? What what other competition? What would you say are the top five teams? Yeah, going into um, 2019. Let's put it this way. I'll struggle with five, but I, I definitely BC and Klein are there. Um, the last year's champ, returning I think, champions. Right? Yeah, I think I think they're there. Um, Kingsbury is there. He's playing with Butters, who's I think sucks, but that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Casey Costa and Sperrier, they're uh, they're a good team. Uh, we beat them in in the third place game last year. They got four, so uh, I, I won the uh, 10K with Costa out in Chicago. He's one of the best mm-hmm. in the world, and, and Spurrier's a great shooter as well. So that's honestly the only four teams that I have any, you know, only ones it's that Ross, I What about Ross? Yeah, so, so the no-shows off, off the top of my head are no Ross, no Marks, no Donnie, no Sven, no big Mark from Cali, unless something changed. I heard he was on the fence, but I think he's out. No New Jersey, which means no Vince, no Deep, no Frazier, no, you know, no other blue blueprint guys. Nick right. Police. Uh, Do you Tim think Williams, that none of them guys are going? No VA. Um, so I mean, the field in years of the past, there's always been a strong Midwest presence. There's always been a, a, a strong East Coast presence. I think it's it's going to be a lot of West Coast people, a lot of first timers, and then uh, some South. Do you think the the lack of talent this year is going to dilute the the actual uh, title the the, the champion? Um, do you real do you think because not the top players aren't coming? Do you think it's less significant uh, as far as the championship for twenty nineteen? No, I mean at the end of the day, it's, you're just there. I mean you're there to win the World Series of beer pong. Right. So I, I don't think you know you're going to look back in you know three four years. They're not going to. No one's going to know who won the year we won. I mean, there's, there's, I'm sure there was great teams that didn't show the year we won it. So it's, you know, it is what it is. And you kind of just have to put your head down and kind of ignore some of the, the bullshit that went down with B Pong. And I tried to right. stay out of it. But um, I mean, what do you think of the new, uh, the new European player service who won our tournament, the Splash of the Shore? Um, they're not coming. Um, uh, but what do you think of them as far as talent level goes? Yeah, I mean, I think they're great players. I, I think it kind of was the perfect storm when they rolled into that tournament. There was some restrictions put in place where, you know, perfect example, I couldn't play with marks. Um, right. like if if you break some teams up like that, you're really, you know, pop BC couldn't play together. Like pre, it, it just. It watered down the tournament, but I liked it. I liked having some type of restriction because it, it made, you know, different faces win. But on a talent level, they're a great team. I don't – if I had to put them, you know, top ten, I, I would put them right outside of it. I wouldn't I – w- I don't think they're they're quite there yet. But they play a lot. They play a hell of a lot more than me. So who knows what's going to happen over the next, you know, two years if they keep playing like the way they do. Who do you think out there is like, you know, you wouldn't is like a, a someone who's on flying under the radar now that might maybe have a shot or might be a rising star in the community going to the World Series this year or just in general? In general, like, you know how uh, like a guy yeah. like Basile a while back just came out of nowhere. Um, guys yeah. like that who are just like all of a sudden they're like name is on the top of the list because 
all of a sudden there are people that are winning tournaments back and forth, but no one had heard of them. Yeah, Diaz out in Cali, he, he's a, a really good shooter. I know he's been – like he has a name for himself out, out on the West Coast, but he really hasn't won anything yet. But he's a good one. Um, locally, uh, Nick P. Uh, from Jersey in the Blueprint, he, he's a he's an up-and-comer. Um, I mean, that's about it. The rest of the guys, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are, that are really close. Right, but um, they don't have that it factor, that, that, that special factor. That's uh, all-star factor. Yeah, I guess you said that. All right, so what I wanted to talk about the end of Blitzkrieg. Now, is is this Brandon said it basically last week that he was pretty much retiring as far as active play, and he's going to become more on the organization's organization size with uh, Pong Stars. Is is this the end of 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 Blitzkrieg? I think we will have one more in us. Um, I don't know if it's going to be immediately this year, but I'm pretty sure Brandon wants to get his thing up and running, right. um, being on the organizer side. And I think he wants to kind of diff- like separate himself from the player versus organizer organizer. But I definitely am not putting like closing the door on it. I, I, I wanted to finish up our last world series together, but I, I don't officially think we're, we're, we're done playing. I think he, he would agree on that. And then definitely on, whenever there's a side event, like in Cali, right. there's always the, the three K's where you can't play with your main partner. So let's just say I played with pop in the main, I would play with marks without a doubt on one of them three K's. Cause he, I'm pretty sure he would do a side event even at his events. So um, we'll put it this way. Blitzkrieg's on hiatus um, for now. So I, I don't think we're completely closing the book, but closing the book. At Is least there something the that, Series. Is there something that you feel like you haven't accomplished yet in, in, in the game? Like, is there something that you still feel like I need to keep playing because of this? And, and the second part of the question is you had, you had alluded to it earlier, father time. When it, when do you see yourself kind of like, you know, settling down, maybe limited play. Um, and then eventually like, you know, handing it off to the the next generation. As far as the the latter of the questions, the, as soon as, you know, I stop cashing at these events, I, my wife would just be like, look, it's a waste of time. Like, she's gracious enough. We have three boys, and mm-hmm. the boys are involved in just about every possible sport. Right. And it, it, there's time that I'm missing from that. Leaving her with three kids at home is difficult. And, you know, flying across country to to do so is just not, you know, very family-friendly. So I think if there are turns into a time where it's, you know, back to back majors or mid majors where I don't come home with a dollar. I'm spending, you know, 500 on the flight, 500 mm-hmm. on booze, 300 on hotel and, and hung over for four days at work and uh, a bag of shit, not getting anything done. That, that, that's when it's like, all right, this isn't, this isn't for uh, my lifestyle anymore. So that would answer that question. Um, and then what were you asking about before that? I've lost track. Um, just, I, um, we, we can, we can just go on because I think okay. you, you pretty much hit, hit on the head what the, 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 you know, what, what the essence is, what everybody's really wanting to know. And as far as limited play, are you going to, are you going to tape down like the traveling? Will you still play on a limited role? I would probably say no. I might like show up at a one K like every six months, but mm-hmm. it's, if it gets to the point where it's, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not competing um i have fun but 
I have a lot of fun with my boys going out, you know, mm-hmm. to a club with, with my, my wife and my friends and, you know, doing something like that as opposed to spending the Saturday night with 70 dudes and across the country, right? Yeah. Or in a bar in North Jersey that yeah. holds 40 people and you jamming, you know, 80 people in there. So. Where do you, where do you see Blitzkrieg as an all time ranking? Where do you see it in history? Uh, obviously, you and Brandon would be first ballot Hall of Famers, and yeah. that's something that you know will will eventually come. Uh, but where do you see the the team all time? Honestly, right I mean, now? everyone's going to have their own opinion, and there's as I mentioned earlier, there's four or five teams that I think all are up there. But my opinion is we are hands down the greatest team to ever play. We've won seven $10,000 tournaments. We've been mm-hmm. on 12 final tables. We've won the World Series. We've got second place twice at the World Series. We got third place once at the World Series. And we've done it over like a five to six year stretch where walking in every tournament, we've been the favorite. Um, I, I just don't know who is even close to that. Um, smashing time would be my second pick. And they have their, you know, the, the two World Series titles and the World Pong Tour title. But that right. was one year. Like, they did it in a span of... They went on a huge run, um, yeah. That is by far the best year of, of beer pong by any team. But outside of that one year, yeah, they won, like, a handful, like, one case here. But um, it, it, it was just one great year. Um, but, I mean, that that's kind of my argument when, when you'll go back and forth. Again, I mentioned earlier, I'm not, you know, like backhanding the them with, with, with my prediction. I do think Pop is the greatest because then he came back and did it again with Brandon Clark. Um, so that showed, you know, he didn't go anywhere. Ron kind of fizzled off and retired. So that would be my, my, my second best team. My third would be drinking, smoking straight West Coast, and that's Byron and Sonoma Joe. I put them there. They won the World Series. They came back and they won the World Pong Tour where they beat uh, Deep End and Ron the year me and Pop played. Um, they did it on both coasts. They had, you know, two majors, and I think they won a, one other 10K or something. Um, so they were my third. My fourth was um, TNT, which is Kingsbury and Sven. Uh, they won the East Coast Championships and the West Coast Championship, one of the few teams that ever won that. And then last was Ross and Nick. Um Ross bounced around with so many different partners where he really didn't have a, a stable partner, but him and Ross won VA. They won the masters hundred K and I think they have one other 10 K. So that would be my five. Um, Any I, honorable I, mentions in there? Uh, I mean, you could go, I don't know. You could throw out Sonoma who played with like Ross played with marks before in a 10 K you could start getting creative with that. Um, I got you cross crossing out the teams and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you start, you start yeah. picking players off. I mean, you got there, there's a bunch of people that, that bounced around. Frazier and Reap had a good run as Bangarang, but I mean, they won one 10K. They really didn't, mm-hmm. you know, win much. But I think that's so you, you, to me, you are besides Pop because he actually is the poster child. His, his image is, is the logo essentially. But you, to me, you would be the poster child. Any, any guy, you would be the dream. You, you've actually won a substantial amount of money playing beer pong is what everybody wants to achieve who can. Talk about like the money you've made. Over, like, Can you give us some rough estimate of how much you've made? 
Uh, I'd probably rather not, but um, and, and, I mean, you don't have to be suspe- so specific, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like a generalization. I, I would probably say, you know, there, let's put it this way there's players that are elite that have won $20,000 a year easily over, you know, a course of five, six years. I don't know who they are. I'm not naming anyone, but I mean, it's not very difficult if you're going to one major, you're cleaning up a $6,000 big check, you're, mm-hmm. you're winning, you know, handful of one case here. And if you're, you're doing any weeklies, there was, there was a run where me and Taggart won your uh, SA Pong 500 weekly. We won it 48 straight weeks. Did it you was, really? Yeah. I, I know I Taggart no was practicing. Yeah, I have no idea why you didn't ban us or why you never. I well, think it was we, just we flew under the radar or didn't really care, but. We, won. we were making, we were making, you know, a good, uh, you know, people were coming in, so it wasn't, it wasn't an yeah, issue. Yeah, for it us was, and the there time. was always different people, but yeah. we won it forty-eight straight weeks of collecting. I, I think we first place at that time got three fifty. So yeah, I mean, that's one seventy-five we got for forty-eight straight weeks. You know, so that was just one. But I mean, I, I'm just doing the weeklies, but yeah, I mean, if at one time there was four or five weeklies a week that we're all $500 and, and mm-hmm. to kind of, I'll, I'll touch on kind of my last subject cause I'm running out of time here, but okay. I do think that that is also what in so many words killed the game. You had okay. to, you had the same people in the same regions winning over and over and over. And it got to the point where, all right, you know, here's my shot at 250. It was like, do I really have a shot at 250? Like, I know Kessler's going to be there. I know Deep's going to be there. I know Frazier's going to be there. I know Pop's going to be there. And the the one case that they would throw, it would be us four, you know, winning these one case, and we would win them every week. So it, it went from, you know, 60 teams down to 50 teams, down to 40 teams. The girls that would that would show up all of a sudden, why are they wasting 40 bucks? They have no shot at winning. So that kind of uh, – you, you let greed kind of take over, and I, I think that's kind of – I had a stage where it was like, oh, this is easy money. But I think now some of these kids that go and play at some of these tournaments, they, they, they basically – they go out four days a week. They win the tournament four days a week, and then it just – it overpopulates it. It's – or, I'm sorry, underpopulates it where, you know, people don't want to go anymore because the same people go. And if you spread it them out mm-hmm. more like one, one K every month, it might be something where everyone looks forward to, as opposed to, you know, right. every Friday night you have a, a $250 tournament and you get the same 15 teams. I know, I know we're running low on time. I just want to get your yep. reaction. Uh, when Billy told you that, that Brandon wasn't allowed to enter this year's tournament, what was your yep. initial reaction and do you think that ruling was fair? All right. So I like Billy. I've never had any problems with Billy. He's always been upfront with me. Um, he's always paid me. Every event that I've been to, I received a check. So he's has a great history with me. Um, I just think at times he gets overwhelmed. And my one you know, advice to him was maybe look for other help and support. He has Hendo. But I think you need more help to – to kind of run a company like that. Um, I think Brandon got put in this position where he didn't really want to be like, in so many words, the the face of beer pong. Um, He kind of did it on the organizer side and the player side. And so many people, you know, came to him, would come to him for random questions, would come to him for, for help running tournaments. 
So I think he was kind of put in a position where it was, you know, this is who you are. And I think he, he was really good at running tournaments. Um, and I think a lot of things just piled up, piled up onto his plate where it was like, something's wrong with B-Pong. Like, it, it doesn't hurt to have competition again. And he got in the mindset that, you know what, I'm going to start my own thing. I don't necessarily need to, you know, go directly at B-Pong. You can have two successful beer pong organizations. Um, and I think Brandon released his article out of frustration, which I'm not digging it. Some of it may have been true. It all may have been, might have been true. He has every right to release whatever he needs to release. Um, he was doing it not only for himself, but also for a lot of the players. The problem is, is because he has that platform, he directly affected Billy's business. tournament, yeah. Billy's business. So my point was, if, if that's my company, I would probably do the same thing. My one complaint is I just asked them for enough time to, you know, give me this date to make your decision so I could find other options. And there were other options. If Pop didn't fall into my lap, I wouldn't be at the World Series. I would, mm. And it, it just kind of – he fell into my lap, and I was lucky to have him. But, you know, a month a month and a half ago, I could have had other options that, that I would have been set. If you make this decision, you ban him, good, give me a heads up. And he was supposed to give me his word on, on doing that, and there was some, you know, back and forth, some – um, miscommunication between him, between Hendo, and between me. And I'm talking about Billy, where mm-hmm. he was allowed to play, he wasn't allowed to play, he, he was allowed to play, and then I'm under the assumption I book my flight, I do all that, and then I'm told that he wasn't allowed to play. And but, do you do you think the ruling was fair? I, I mean, I told you, if if, if I'm running a, a, a company and um, someone's you know going to go out and try to you know badmouth my company to the point where you, you post an article with, I don't have an issue with it um I almost think that you it could have went either way you could have just like looked the other way and just said hey look like if this was you know Joe Schmo posting it would you would you ban that guy I've seen so much fucking worse things from you know slapping security female security girls asses to fist fights to you know, people like stealing stuff and getting caught to, you know, Brandon's a good, good guy in my eyes. He, he's, he's good for the community. So it's not like he's some scumball, but again, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, from the business side of it, I could say, okay, yeah, yeah, that was the right call. But from there's times where you also maybe need to just look the other way and be like, you know what, sweep this under the rug. Who cares what he posts on his website? Where do you see B pong in five years? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, if three years ago, I would have said in three years it would it would be over. But they always find a way to you know put on a great event. They always find a way to get everyone paid. Um, by the time the first ball is going to be thrown at the World Series, I would guarantee you that every person that attended the previous World Series will be paid. So they have a, a perfect clean record on that. They throw a great event. Why why would it go away? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know the finances. I don't know the back end of it. I don't know if, if it's, you know, let's just say he took out a, a $500,000 lien on something or a loan to, to, to run the company. And each year it's, it's going to 400 to 300 and then it gets to a point where he doesn't have money to put up the, like, I don't know that. So it mm-hmm. could disappear or it could just keep staying afloat and 
you know, you might catch ESPN might, I heard they're supposed to be there and it might pick it up and it might uh, launch it into a good, good place. And next year we might be up to 500 teams again. So who knows? Where do you see Pong stars in five years? Uh, I think they could be like a world Pong tour type of player. Uh, Brandon's a Brandon's dedicated. He, he knows his shit and has a lot of connections. So, um, whether one will overpass the other, I don't know. But, I mean, I, I have faith that Brandon will, will at least get this thing going and, and have a have an awesome event. Uh, it, it, let's put it this way. There's 100% chance that I know in three years, Pong Stars will have a, a large-scale mega tournament like the World Series. There's no I doubt just, in my mind. I just have some lightning questions in our remaining moments here with uh, right. Kevin Kessler, uh, organizer. And I'm done. You yeah. got it. Organizer, why were you why why did you never enter the organization or being as an organizer? You're one of the most influential people. Don't have time, don't like organizing and uh, I prefer playing. Uh, Beast of the East, will you be playing in the tournament? Yes, with Blueprint. There should be no question. My wife is currently at my beach house. I pay more taxes on my Jersey property and uh, than I do at any other place so uh, I'm, I'm a new jersey resident yes I will well, be who, there. who who else is on that team the same team as last year same team okay. with with the asterisk of frazier he if he wants to play with this he has the spot um your jersey how did that come about your your famous jersey with all your title wins on the back what was the idea behind that or how did that kind of i just kinda... i saw i honestly i saw you know numbers and i just thought it would be funny and comical to kind of you know showcase how many wins i got so it was just more or less it started with you know three or four wins and <clears throat> kind of grew over the years uh drinking out of the shoe talk about real briefly uh where that came how that yeah how me that... and my buddies used to do that back um back in college uh it actually was a rugby thing it's really big in the rugby community i lived with a rugby player and uh, we used to go to all his games just to kind of drink and at the end they used to all do shoeies and shooting the boot and last question is advice for new players how can they be successful we see a lot of players come in and get smashed and then they never come back what what is your advice for new players and how to expand the 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 game uh i think just start out you know at the local level um try to link up with someone with experience that is slightly better than you on a, on a national level. And there's a lot of guys out there that, that are just average, but have the experience are known. And then once you get that like person that, that, that has a name that you're linked to and you have success, then other big names will, will, will come to you. And that's, I mean, I, too many people think like, Oh, you know, these, these guys just like were given their opportunities. I remember my, my last story. I remember, and, and, and then I'm done. Um, yeah. I remember, when I was trying to play with deep at my first ever world series, he literally was like, I don't know, like I'll have to see how you play. And he came down and played me in a, at Philly beer pond. We played like 20 games. I, I, I literally, <laughs> I think I beat him like 
18 games to two. Wow. And I was like, dude, I'm like, dude, am I good enough to play with you now? I think he was still like, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think he was That's still insane. like, still trying to feel me out if, if he thought I was worthy enough. Yeah. He was just coming off like back to back, like second or third place finishes. He'd be one of the best in the world. It was like, yeah. who is this kid that wants to try to play with me? And, and then uh, we wound up linking it up and, and came well. Uh, one game away from winning our first. So. But Kevin Kessler. Sense. Kevin Kessler, thank you so much uh, for joining us here on the podcast. And best of luck to you at uh, in the World Series in Vegas in, in the beginning of uh, July. Thank you, yeah, guys. No problem, thank you man. so much, Kevin. And yep. uh, Yo, good luck, way, man. Brandon Clark's kind of overrated, man. Matt Klein carried his ass. All right, later. There it is.